Welcome to Science for the People. I'm Bethany Brookshire. And I'm Rochelle Saunders. And this is the one with the science presence. I love We, I do too. (laughs) We have hunted the internet for science-themed gifts for the nerd in your life. Sidebar, might be you. That's okay. Um, This year, we've been working especially on focusing on smaller businesses. Um, As usual, a blog post is live with this episode that provides links to all of the gifts that we mentioned this year. It's a great thing to hunt through to give gifts or to send to your family and friends as a polite hint of what you like. And if you go into our news section, you'll actually see all of the previous year's posts are still there. We can't guarantee that the stuff it links to is still there, but we can tell you that the posts with the links is still there. Yeah. So if you need to send this post or any of the other posts to a loved one and just be like, hey, you may recall that I really wanted a pair of slippers with mathematical equations on them. We don't have that in this list. But if we did, they would be in this list. Um, You could totally do that. But I wanted to start with what I'm calling sundries, things that don't really have particular categories. And um, first, since working from home a lot more, I have become increasingly familiar with the litter habits of my cats, which means that I am burning candles because my cats smell. Um, And so I love finding um, scientific beakers, experimental beakers with candles in them. Uh, and you can select your color and you can also select your scent for your little beaker and they will send you a little soy candle. And I love that so much because you see a lot of like beaker wine glasses and beaker coffee mugs. And I just love the idea of beaker candles. You know exactly how many milliliters of candle you have left. I like this idea too, um, because it's one of these where it's a great inspiration for a make your own. I know my sister has got really into candle making. And so she has some of this stuff. She could buy some beakers and make her own beaker candles. Ooh, I love that idea too. Um, And also speaking of beakers and flasks, um, I also found a Erlenmeyer flask chemistry soap dispenser, (laughs) which makes me so happy. Um, you can, I believe the one that I found is in black, but there are some that are in kind of clear colors. So you can see exactly how much soap you have left and live your best TV chemist with multicolored liquids life, um, which is just amazing to me. Love this. We recently bought soap dispensers and now I'm sad that I missed this by like a week. Also wash your hands pandemic's not over. Anyway, um, (laughs) the other thing I found that was really amazing is there's somebody on Etsy who is selling element cubes. So you buy the cube and it will tell you how many ounces the cube is of that particular element. So you can buy a cube of carbon, which will be, you know, two ounces. And it has the kind of periodic information on it. You can buy a cube of copper, which is 10 ounces, um, and you can end up with these really cool looking stackable cubes of a lot of kind of the common periodic elements. I think that's just such a cool way to show your love of chemistry and also kind of see the elements and hold them in your hand. That just makes it so much more real to me. This would be a great gift actually for someone who's a science teacher for like people to go in and give them the whole set or something like that. This is really cool. Or like each student could choose one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the next thing I included was a uh, giving into Rochelle's total weakness for cool ass clocks. 
Um, I found this clock and I was like, Rochelle needs this clock. Um, It is a custom engraved math clock. It does not tell you the time. It requires you to take the square root of 144 to find out if it's noon. And I love that. (laughs) This is magical. Everyone should have cool clocks in their lives. Um, And finally, it's not technically science themed. I guess it is. A friend of mine had a little hard case attached to her keychain. And it turned out to be a tiny hard case that holds her AirPods. And I was just absolutely fascinated because it had dinosaurs on it. And since then, I've been obsessed with finding cool ones. And I just found one with x-ray images on it. So (laughs) it's got all these different x-ray images of like adults and babies and, you know, people doing weird things and it's adorable and I might have to get one even though I don't actually have AirPods. So maybe I should do that first. Anyway, I thought it was cool. It's not probably going to be quite as useful to you without them, but you'll still look great. That's the point, right? You give gifts for the aesthetic. (laughs) Um, I found something again, this is all of my, all of my ideas in this category are like half do it yourself. Um, But I've been seeing this trend on Etsy where you can get uh, a Schrodinger's cat in a box. So the one we're linking to is an enamel pin. And you don't know whether the enamel pin in it is going to be an enamel pin of a live cat or a dead cat. You don't know until you um, collapse the wave function and open the box, which I just think is kind of an adorable concept. Even if you don't necessarily buy one pre-done, I feel like this is a really fun way to give uh, a science fan in your life some kind of cat-shaped present with a little extra fun wrapping. Um, So if you are buying someone, you know, a cat stuffy or some kind of pin or just something, maybe you could make your own embroidered uh, Schrodinger's cat, ultimate cat, but it's kind of a a fun nod for any science enthusiast. I really enjoy it. But please do not do this with actual cats. No cats were harmed in the making of this present. Correct. (laughs) And I guess you can't really do it even with a live cat because you'd be able to see the air holes and peek inside. Um, So it wouldn't have quite the same effect, even if you are giving someone a cat for Christmas. And by the way, please don't give people live pets for Christmas unless they're aware that you're doing it. Yeah, terrible idea. (laughs) Um, And I don't have a link for this one, um, but it is something that is, if I'm being honest, probably one of the most popular gifts that I have ever given anyone, so much so that other people in my life have demanded the same gift. And it is a very straightforward make it at home. Um, It's a throw blanket. Uh, You can go to pretty much any fabric store that's got a lot of fabric, look for a cozy piece of fleece, at least a meter and a half wide on the bolt that has a funky pattern that speaks to the person that you're giving the blanket to. So in this case, maybe something science-y. Then just buy a big piece of of fabric that is the custom length of your choice. And herein lies the magical part that makes everybody want this, is they get a custom blanket that is exactly as long as is useful for them. So if it's a really tall person, they've probably never had a throw blanket that they can tuck under their feet and tuck under their chin at the same time. And that is what makes this is an exciting gift. Um, And because fleece doesn't fray, you don't have to sew it. There's no sewing involved in this. All you have to do is with a really nice sharp pair of scissors, square it up on the corners. And then what I've usually done is cut like an inch fringe around the whole side just to kind of dress it up. 
doing the cuts takes maybe half an hour, looks great under the tree, and people are very excited about it. You can also knot the fringe. If you make a, a thin fringe, you can like knot the fringe for a little extra cuteness. But also totally. as as someone who is on the tall side, um, I need one of these. <laughs> I made somebody my... make a blanket that fits my feet. I made my brother-in-law one that was over two meters long, and he was the happiest man on earth, potentially, when he opened it up and saw how long it was. Oh, my God. Someone needs to do this for me. This also made me think, you know, I uh, I crochet, um, and a lot of people have been getting into, like, knitting and crocheting during the pandemic and stuff. Um, I bet there's a really cool throw pattern out there of, like, a beaker, a Probably. giant beaker crochet pattern. That would be so fun. I need to go find it and try it. So next up, we have a whole section of different pieces of art, um, which, I mean, if at this point you have any room left on your walls, I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of like the museum style where it's just, you know, frames as far as the eye can see reaching all the way up to the ceiling, <laughs> just cram another picture in there. Um, and I really loved from a friend of the show, Artologica. Um, she's got a really cool set of um, gel electrophoresis watercolors. And I just think it's beautiful because watercolor is such the right medium for gel electrophoresis um, prints. Because electrophoresis is basically, if you've ever seen... Um, gels that run and they show you things like, for example, molecules sorted by size. They can show chunks of DNA or they can show chunks of protein or RNA. Um, and so you end up with these beautiful bands kind of running down the page. Um, and so she's done that with watercolor and it's just gorgeous, I think. These are beautiful. I absolutely agree that watercolor is the perfect medium for these. And I'm also a absolute sucker for vintage um, botanical illustrations. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, they're so cool looking. Um, and I'm also a big fan of decorative gourd season. I celebrate decorative gourd season extensively. And so you can imagine my delight when I found a giant poster of um, decorative gourds. <laughs> It's entirely this. a poster of squash and cabbages, and it makes me very happy. I love this. It would look so great in all kinds of kitchens and all kinds of dining rooms. I also found a beautiful, uh, another watercolor. Um, this one is botanical mushroom posters, um, which I also think are mushrooms are kind of having a moment. Have you noticed? I have. I've been hearing lots through the grapevine of uh, mushrooms. I think there were some interesting Netflix documentaries that sort of thrust mushrooms into the public consciousness in a way maybe they hadn't been before. Yeah. I mean, there's the whole like, you know, hallucinogenic thing going on too. Um, but I, I'm more thinking of like during the pandemic, for some reason, several of my friends took up mushrooming. Um, oh, interesting. Which seems like a rather high risk sport. I. <laughs> Like, if you're wrong, you're really wrong, you know? That's true. I hadn't really thought of it that way. I mean, I guess you've got to be real sure or have someone who you trust to be real sure for you. But anyway, if you're too scared to do it yourself, but you want pretty watercolors, we have them. I found them. And I actually hunted around the internet for this next one because I've been wanting something like this. And they're astonishingly a slightly difficult to find. I've been looking for a print 
of Rosalind Franklin's famous photograph 51, which was the photograph that captured the double helix structure of DNA um, and allowed Watson and Crick, who stole the finding, sort of, um, to uh, figure out that DNA was a double helix. And I found a lot of examples of the photo as crochet, as cross-stitch, as embroidery, but I finally found one that was actually an art print. And I love it. It's very stark. And I just love the contrast of it. I think it looks really good in kind of uh, modern minimalist aesthetic. It does. It's got a, a very, like you say, it's a stark look. And it's one of those things that I feel like if you're, if it's hanging in your house, people will ask you about it because it's sort of a little bit of a niche piece of knowledge, unless you're kind of interested in that area of science. And as I mentioned earlier, I am a crocheter, but I'm not actually really good at it. So I'm always really impressed that you can buy crocheted items for from really talented people. And I found a whole set of crocheted test tubes and they have little smiley faces. Oh my They're gosh, so there's a Bunsen burner with a test tube on top of it. He's so cute. So cute. And he looks so happy. He's like, look at me, I'm boiling. Oh. <laughs> I love them all. They're so adorable. I Definitely kind of linking to this store. It's gorgeous. I love this. I um, found on Etsy um, someone who has created uh, small 2022 vaccine calendars with different um, vaccines and viruses. The art is so cute. And it's, it's a very so kind cute. of... Um, understated calendar. Uh, there's It's available in digital downloads. So you can download them and print them yourself, uh, either hang them up or maybe create your own calendar. Um, I'm just really taken by the art style. I thought it was just very approachable and cute, kind of like, um, you know, the, the, uh, the, what are they called? The, uh, the like, um, diseases, the molecules or the diseases or viruses you can buy as like plushies. It's that oh, kind yes, of a giant, uh, the giant microbes. Yeah. yeah. So if that's your aesthetic, you will love, absolutely love uh, these calendars. They're super sweet. I love the drawing style. I love how every virus looks either deeply pleased or slightly ashamed of itself. <laughs> As they should be. <laughs> um, I also found um, this tech support hourly rates, which is a customizable with currency. So this just spoke to me in a way that I can't quite communicate. Um, but if you, like me, have found yourself to be the tech support in your family, group of friends, extended family, wide circle of people, um, you will probably you will probably sympathize with uh, this print, um, which has different rates for different types of help. Um, which are not quite what you think they are, but it's it just it spoke to me, and I thought maybe it would speak to a few of our listeners, so I wanted to add it. So, how much money do I owe you? Um, I'll send you your invoice. Oh my god, I'm so doomed. <laughs> um, and uh, this other one, while not strictly speaking science related, um, it's hard for us not to be aware of the fact that the Venn diagram overlap between the listeners to this show and people who have read and loved Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I mean, there's probably some people who aren't in the middle, but let's face it, a lot of you live in that lovely middle overlap spot. So I did also find a print 
of um, that famous don't panic with the uh, whale turning into a pot plant, which I just adore as one of my favorite scenes in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I just wanted to share that with everybody because I felt this was the right audience for it. I really love the style of it. Um, It's got this really neat kind of ink drawing vintage style that I think goes very well with the don't panic message. It's hard to panic when you're looking at a beautiful kind of ink vintage style poster. It's both hard to panic, but definitely the state of things inside the print is also like very slightly on edge. So it's a, it just, it's very evocative. I think it's extremely well done. Um, And I wanted to call this one back. I am sure that we have linked to this one before, and I am just as sure that we will link to it again because I love it that much. This is our good friend, the crocheted dissected frog. Um, This is a PDF pattern only, the one that we're linking to, but it's so much fun. And I want more people to have these. I want one. They're so amazing. Basically, we're linking to this every single time until somebody makes it for us and we both have one. That is what we are doing. They're so. so great. I I can't, I personally cannot crochet. I've never done it. And I just think this is amazing. And I want it on my ball. Um, so next up, we, this pandemic's not over. Hello, Omicron. We hate you already. And we'll all be wearing masks for a really long time. So we found a bunch of cool science masks that you can buy. And so we are linking to them. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, there's some um, good ones here, some patterns that I haven't seen before. So there's some great ones. Yeah, I really like the uh, the rainbow fabric molecule one. Yep. Yeah, that's that's really neat. And um, there's some really cool helix styles, um, some of your usual stem kind of patterns that look really neat. Um, so yeah, a couple options, some NASA ones because everybody loves NASA. True fact. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to Svaha USA, um, which makes a lot of science themed apparel that one of their newest things is a button up shirt covered in trilobites. And I am a deep sucker for anything covered in trilobites. This is super great. Like the ancient cockroaches of the sea are my favorite and I would wear them all the time. And I might, you know, I could buy this and I could wear it with the pterodactyl collar pin. Absolutely. Oh my God. Note to me. Um, Svaha also has uh, leggings of different types, and one of their newest designs is an animal that I think is deeply underrepresented in the fashion universe. Now that I've seen these leggings, I'm like, you know what? They're coated in sea urchins, and sea urchins are gorgeous. We haven't done an episode on sea urchins. We should. We should. And why don't we have more things with sea urchins on that? They're beautiful. And they're very good to pattern. Yeah. And that they can be cool and spiky and they come in all sorts of different colors. Like why doesn't everyone have sea urchin mugs and t-shirts and like make this a thing. Svaha is making this a thing. Strong agree. Um, I also found on Svaha an antibody stainless steel necklace. Show off your vaccinated status. You are making the antibody oddies um, to quote Raven, the science maven. Um, And I love this necklace. It's simple because antibodies are simple in structure, simple, but elegant. It kind of has a a nice kind of severe beauty to it. Yeah, it's really pretty and understated. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to another friend of the show, uh, Surly Amy, who runs Surly Ramix. 
Um, and she makes uh, science-themed ceramic necklaces. And lately she's gotten into gold leafing on some of her stuff. And so I found this beautiful stoneware sand dollar pendant that's got gold detailing on it. And I just, it's beautiful. And I love how adding the gold detailing means that a lot of her pieces can kind of dress up a little more um, mm-hmm. than they might have before, uh, because I would wear a surly every single day if I was still going to work in an office. It's really pretty. The blue and the gold really balance each other out. It's beautiful. Yeah. It gives you this kind of an, an ocean feel, really. Mm-hmm. Well, you know me, Bethany. I like my nerdy t-shirts. You do love your nerdy t-shirts. I try not to disappoint. And every year <laughs> I try and find a few nerdy t-shirts that I think our listeners will love as maybe not as much as I do, but hopefully a little bit like I do. Um, the first one is a circuit board shirt. I've seen riffs on this idea before, but this is by far the most uh, the the best execution of this kind of shirt that I've ever seen. I totally want this. I will own this at some point. It just looks great. Um, you can get it on a black or a green, and I think the green looks better than the black. It's awesome. I love how the green with the kind of metallic colored circuit board makes it look very organic. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's especially a very good look. Yeah, it it has this really cool not steampunk, but like cyberpunk, but also organic feel to it. Yeah, it's it's just a really good. And also, if you're not looking closely, you might be like, wow, that's a very complicated subway system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also have a uh, an I Heart Math shirt, um, which is a more sort of femme style. It's got uh, a bunch of different math equations uh, in the shape of a heart. And the colors are a bit more femme, which is great. I'm totally in favor of more women announcing to the world that they love math. Even if like me, you love math, but aren't very good at it. You should still announce that you love it because one of the things that it turns out a lot of mathematicians here and people who like math here is, oh, I hate math. And I just want to try and encourage people to not hate it. It's okay. You don't have to be super great at it, but it doesn't deserve your hate. It's so cool. You can love math for the aesthetic. It's okay. Totally. (laughs) Um, and as I'm sure some people know, I am a programmer and I found a debugging shirt that really speaks to me as well, because it is a true fact, basically. It's the definition of debugging. It's a verb in case you didn't know. And the definition provided on the shirt is being the detective in a movie where you are also the murderer. That is definitely debugging. <laughs> you are both detectives <laughs> and murderer. It's great. I love it. I might have to get it for the coder I have in my life. Um, and then I also found a uh, nerdy microbiology t-shirt, which is a bunch of cat-shaped microbes in a Petri dish. It's really cute. <laughs> a big fan of that one. If you I like mean, cats, combine cats with anything. Yes. And if you like cats and microbiology, and let's face it, who doesn't? That mm-hmm. shirt's for you. Um uh, then I've also got a fueled by mitochondria and coffee. Again, uh, I'm a big fan. It's truth, uh, and also is a new spin on the fueled by coffee, which I like. I uh, actually so almost that linked that one myself. <laughs> I also like that you can get this one on a hoodie. I'm a big fan of hoodies, and this feels like it should be on a hoodie. I, I just, I also just really love it because 
Mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell, and coffee is the powerhouse of me. Yep. <laughs> um, however, my hands down favorite nerd shirt that I found this year is the This Shirt is Blue If You Run Fast Enough. Yes! It, it says it on a red shirt. It is, in fact, a red blue shift joke on a t-shirt and it is so well executed and I must own it. And it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I deeply want to get the shirt and then run in it at the gym. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Someday I'll turn it blue. <laughs> this is such a great shirt. And especially if you are uh, a science nerd and also like a runner, if you're spending a lot of time outside running, I, I don't know how you say no to this t-shirt. I mean, it is, it is cotton. I will say it's not wicking, um, <sighs> but still. But <laughs> how do you say no? So you don't. Great. You don't. All right. Enough with nerdy t-shirts. Uh, I did also find uh, a couple of necklaces, both by from the uh, person on the same shop who has actually quite an interesting selection of science-themed necklaces, um, most of them in silver. One is a neuron necklace, uh, which is, again, really um, pretty, and uh, it's got that sort of organic science-y feel to it. It's really gorgeous. Yeah, I like this one because a lot of neuron necklaces that you see are just kind of the outline of the neuron. Mm -hmm. This one is kind of a focus on the dendrites, um, yeah. and it creates kind of a almost web-like pattern in the circle of the pendant, and I think it's, it's a different look um, and a kind of a different aesthetic to kind of the neuron jewelry. Yeah, I've seen neuron jewelry before, but I agree. It's it's a different take on something we've seen a lot of, which I think is why it stood out to me. And from the same artist and designer, um, there's a really cute um, like lab beaker that's sort of overflowing with looks like a little bit of um, bubbles or something inside it. And I just never seen anything quite like this before. It was really pretty, very clearly sciencey. Um, so if you're looking for something that is both of those things, it's, it's really lovely. Yeah. And I also like the, uh, it's also got that kind of delicate look to it. It's mm -hmm. very, it's, it's very feminine, I guess we could say. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but it's also really sciencey. It's just, it's a very, it's a very delicate look that I appreciate. Absolutely. Um, I also found again, uh, something that I really didn't, wasn't looking for and didn't realize I wanted until I saw it, which is an eye chart scarf. It's a, it's a pashmina that has been silk screened with like the standard eye chart that you see when you go get your eyes checked. It's really fun. I love it. I need one. I need it so bad. And you can check people's eyes, like just right there. Just hold it up. Yep. <laughs> um, it's and from the it comes in several colors. From the same shop, I actually, um, when I find something uh, really cool that I like on a Etsy shop, not sure if you do the same thing, but I click through to see what else the person has or what else the small business has. And from the same shop that has those eye chart scarves, they have what is probably the nicest selection of sciency ties that I think I've ever seen. A lot of sciency ties tend to be really in your face or joke ties or like overly bright colors. These are all really nice. I could see people wearing these kind of unironically. It would look, a lot of these would look great at a fancy event. Um, they're just really nice looking ties. I really like the, uh, the microscope one. Yeah. There's one with a, a beautiful kind of silkscreen microscope. And there's also one with uh, beautiful insects done on it. <laughs> um, 
I think those are really gorgeous. And of course, there's your classic Saturn V going all the way up. Yeah, the rocket blueprints are really interesting where it's a slightly zoomed in view on a blueprint. So again, at a little bit of a distance, it still just reads as a little bit of an abstract pattern. And as you get closer, you're like, oh, hey, that's a rocket blueprint. That's cool. There's also contour maps. There's all kinds of interesting stuff in this shop. So definitely recommend taking a look if you've got someone who is still wearing ties, even in this world we live in now. Also, there are regular ties and bow ties because I know people, people have very strong opinions on that. There's a tie for all in this shop. Okay, next up, let the games begin. Um, I always love looking for science-themed games because, again, as we mentioned with, you know, Douglas Adams being at least a partially over- overlapping Venn diagram with our audience, I feel like board game nerds are probably at least a partially overlapping Venn diagram. Um, and, you know, someday we may all be able to get together and play board games in person again. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? What a beautiful um, world. Oh, yes. Uh, But one of them I found was, um, this is a card game called Ecologies, um, where you use science and cards to build food webs. And what I love about it is it's got beautiful vintage art on it. Um, So all the cards have just gorgeous kinds of vintage art um, with all of the kind of things that you use to construct the food web. So it has what it eats and what it's eaten by. And you use the cards to construct kind of a full ecosystem in different biomes. And they're just gorgeous, these cards. I think they're absolutely stunning. Yeah, this looks really interesting. Um, Kind of a little bit reminiscent of Magic the Gathering cards, actually. They are slightly, yes. Um, I also play Magic the Gathering. Um, (laughs) So... Yes, the style is a bit similar to some of the artists um, in kind of the older style Magic the Gathering Mm -hmm. cards, I would say, um, especially like the beta sets. Um, The the art style is very similar to that. Yeah, they're very cool. Um, So the next game I know is extremely popular um, with a bunch of people who I am friends with. It is called Wingspan. Um, It is a competitive game where your goal is as a bird lover to attract different birds to your aviary (laughs) Um, and you're trying to discover new birds and attract them with your network of wildlife preserves to your aviary Um, and it's just the nerdiest thing but also really beautiful (laughs) Um, and just I, I just really appreciate kind of games that are made by building things in a scientific way These are really cool and looks beautiful as well. Just looking at the box and some of the images of the cards, but also again, gorgeous art on here. Uh, And the final one is one that I have, I've played a couple times now. Um, It's called evolution and uh, you adapt your species. You, you get a whole bunch of species at the beginning and you can make new species Um, and you have to adapt your species to an ever changing climate because every turn the weather's, the climate is going to get colder or the climate climate is going to get warmer. And, you know, your little, whatever you've built, often it's like a amphibious mammal hybrid with wings, but whatever it needs to live (laughs) and you need to (laughs) adapt it. Um, I love it so much, especially because much like real evolution, you lose a lot of species on the way. (laughs) You're lucky if you get one that makes it. Nice. Oh, this looks really cool. It's a lot of fun and uh, definitely 
involves a lot of kind of deep thinking. Okay, our last set is kitchenware, because much as I love science stuff, I'm also weirdly kind of a minimalist, and I I infinitely prefer to buy things that are usable, (laughs) because I just, I feel bad just having random things around, um, which I know is kind of strange. But anyway, um, I love cooking stuff. Most particularly, I love to bake. And so I was very excited to find these adorable 3D printed science themed cookie cutters and they go all in. Like There's a urinary system. There's a urinary system. There's a large intestine. There's a <laughs> womb. There's yes. brains. There's all kinds of cool stuff in here. There's a pregnant woman with it's a fetus. So cool. There's a uterus. <laughs> I mean, also just to be clear, there's a corgi from the butt side, which is really cute as well. But the science stuff is, uh, is also top notch. There's an anatomically correct eyeball. <gasps> There's it's a so spine. Good. Yes. And, and so I just love, uh, the idea. I kind of want to get one of these and I cannot wait to do the icing decoration on them because yes, <laughs> opportunity are- to make things perfectly correct. These are very cool. And not only that, but if you're a science-minded person and making cookies with kids, what a cool opportunity to like talk through the parts of your kidneys or yes. the parts of a womb. There's some real, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, I also, as I mentioned, I'm kind of having a, a gel electrophoresis moment. I'm really into kind of the prettiness of gels. And I also, I'm sure you've known for a long time about the color changing magic mugs that they have. Of course, um, yes. You pour hot liquid in and an image appears on the outside of the mug. Mm-hmm. I have found their apotheosis. I have found what they were meant to be used for. And it is an electrophoresis mug. <laughs> These are pretty cool looking at the pictures. As you pour in hot liquid, it runs a gel up the mug. I love it so much. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's so on point. (laughs) Um, I also, uh, so Surly Amy, who makes the ceramic necklaces, has also uh, started doing larger ceramics. So she started doing mugs um, and stoneware. And I love the science-themed mugs that she does. Um, a couple of them have beautiful gold leaf. She's doing a lot of like honeybee themed stuff lately. Um, but I actually have one of her gigantic steins, a huge stoneware stein, um, with coyotes on it. And I call it my coffee stein because while I will never drink that much beer on a daily basis, I 100% drink that much coffee. (laughs) Wonder if I can find a large cereal bowl. My household is in the market for a large cereal bowl. She absolutely does commissions. I have zero doubt she can make you one. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Also, I am the new, very proud owner of a KitchenAid stand mixer. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that like what people are into right now is putting decals and stickers on their KitchenAid stand mixers. I have to admit, I love this. (laughs) And you can buy little sciencey chemical decals uh, for your KitchenAid which include things like the structure of vanilla um, and the structure of salt and like different sugars. And it makes me very happy. And I don't know if I could put stickers on my KitchenAid, which I have named my fair Geraldine. I don't, I don't know if she's quite ready for that yet, 
but when she is, I will consider the science of stickers. I also like um, that. I don't know if it's related to this one, but somewhere uh, someone put a, I think maybe this person also has it, a potions master one, which is also a good theme for your KitchenAid. I deeply considered the potions master one, actually. <laughs> Pretty solid. Um, and also in the event that we ever choose to entertain again, <clears throat> you guys remember wine glass charms? You know how yes. like you'd have like a swanky party and you'd have everybody choose their wine glass and you could put a charm on it so you'd know that it was yours. They come in science theme. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Which I love. And it includes a little atom and a little flask um, and little molecules and like the pie charm. They're very cute. And I also can't help but think that if you buy these, you can probably wear them as jewelry too. I think you could probably get away with that. Like nobody ever said they had to stay on the wine chart. It's true. It looks like they come off. Yeah. I love coffee, as I know you do. And I found a science geek mug, um, which is really lovely. You can personalize it too. So you can actually put someone's name on it, which is a really nice touch. Um, it's also got uh, a lovely little bit of text on it that isn't just kind of, you know, it's not a joke. It's just the idea of science, uh, I think quite elegantly defined and quite poetically defined, which is lovely. I just really like the aesthetic. It's a little bit, it's got that little bit of a sort of old school hipster vibe to it. Um, but the fact that you can personalize them is a really nice touch. Well, and I like it because, you know, everybody loves funny mugs. I do love funny mugs. But I actually find that over the years, the ones I tend to keep and use over and over are the ones that are sincere. Absolutely. Because in the end, I'm a mush. So <laughs> <laughs> we're all soft and gushy on the inside. Oh, yes. Hearts of solid nougat over here. And another one is uh, this one's um, you've probably seen mugs like this before that have like a molecule on the side, in particular, the oxytocin one. It's around a lot. You also see caffeine. Um, but I found what I think for me is, again, one of the best takes I've ever seen on this mug, uh, which is a bit more understated. It's got a really lovely design, and it's it's not necessarily trying to be an outright joke, but it's got the, on one side, it's got the oxytocin love molecule um, with sort of pinks and blues with the, the lines in black. And on the other side, it says, it must be love. I actually really love the color balance of it. Me too. And the way the molecule is placed. So it kind of, the angle of the molecule cascades down the side of the mug, mm -hmm. which is, it's very elegant. Yeah. It's just a nicely designed thing. Um, and another one, can you tell I love mugs? Uh, this one I love because <laughs> it's really adorable, but also just like gently science nerdy. Um, it's a polar bear, but He's got the line, the magnetic lines, the polarity. It's really it's so cute. cute. <laughs> and you can so pick what color cute. you want on the inside, <laughs> but he's real sweet. And the same, um, the same person has a wide variety of in the same adorable aesthetic mugs and stickers and all kinds of stuff. And I also just want to shout out the four mole per liter mug which oh is my also goodness, like achingly it. adorable. I, I like I'm always finding kind of little artsy things that have a mole in a liter, right? But often for some reason the mole looks angry. These moles they're just so having a little snooze. They're, they're happy just, little snuggle pile of moles. They're just happily sleeping on top of each other inside a little a little measure measurement 
glad. It's just really, look, it's just really cute. Click on the link. It's super cute. I think I need it. It's really adorable, actually. <laughs> um, and I think to finish us off, uh, you had mentioned mushrooms are having a moment. And one of the things I found that I was intrigued by was the all-in-one do-it-yourself learn-as-you-grow gourmet mushroom kit, a hands-on crash course in mushroom cultivation. So if you're not comfortable going out and finding mushrooms, you might be able to grow some of your own that you feel more secure about. Honestly, I would be into this because I can't grow plants. Like I'm really bad at plants and I feel like mushrooms are kind of anti-plant in that they break down dead plants. So I'm like, maybe I could grow these. (laughs) It just looks like it's such a fun idea. It's really great. I love it. Um, And of course, these are not the only science gifts online. There are so many. There are so, so many. (laughs) These are just some of the ones that caught our eye and we hope you enjoyed them. I hope you do as well. There's some stuff on here that I'm saving to look back at and potentially passing on to some other people as strong worded hints as to what I might like to see in my Christmas sock. It's always fun to give gifts, but as we mentioned last year, the past two years have been especially hard ones. And so we thought it would also be useful to highlight some charities in need that accept donations. If this year has been a bit good to you and it's within your means to do so, consider making a donation to a cause you care about, or perhaps give someone else the gift of a donation to a cause they care about in their name. I love receiving donations from my friends and family. They are deeply meaningful and they show that they know what I care about and they care about it too. If you're in the United States, consider donating to the National Low-Income Housing Coalition. They are dedicated to helping everyone, no matter their income, have an affordable and comfortable home. As a science podcast, of course, we also want to mention the American Indian Science and Engineering Society. This group is devoted to increasing the number of Indigenous people represented in STEM fields. They support students at all levels of education, as well as young professionals in STEM. We also want to shout out the Equal Justice Initiative. This group is working to end mass incarceration and toward racial justice. One of their missions is educating people about the history of racial injustice in the United States, which many of us could stand to learn more about. These are just a couple of the worthy causes in the U.S. that we wanted to call attention to, but there are lots more. If you are looking for other U.S. charities to give to, maybe some that are more local to your area, you can check out charitynavigator.org which evaluates and scores nonprofits, taking into account how accountable and transparent they are. It's a great tool to get you started. If you're in Canada, consider donating to Food Banks Canada or your local food bank branch. Check with the food bank before you donate to see what's most needed and try to give what they need most right now. It may not be what you think it is. They might be in most in need of dairy, canned fruit, baby formula, personal hygiene products, or just money so they can keep purchasing the things like fresh produce that are difficult to donate because they don't keep long. Consider supporting the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness or a homeless shelter or charity local to you. You can contact your local shelter and your local charities to find out what they need as well. Also, take a look at INSPIRE, a national charity in Canada that invests in the education of First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people in remote, rural, and urban communities across the country. And if you're Canadian looking for a local charity to support, here's a place to start your research. Take a look at canadahelps.org, which has great search tools to help you find provincial or hyper-local charities of the type you most want to support. In the UK, take a look at the Trussell Trust for food banks and food donations. They have a search tool that will help you locate a food bank near you. And I get bonus points for saying the Trussell Trust correctly the first time. 
Also, consider donating to Shelter, a charity that focuses on homelessness and insecure housing. They provide advice, information, legal representation, and advocacy for people who are at risk. There's also Crisis, who work directly with thousands of unhoused people per year. They offer education, employment, housing, and well-being services, as well as one-to-one support and advice for unhoused people across England, Scotland, and Wales. And for racial and inequality justice, take a look at SARI, Stand Against Racism and Inequality. They provide support and advice to victims of hate of all types, whether it be racist, homophobic, transphobic, or another new flavor of terrible. If you're in the UK and want to find a local charity near you, a place to start looking is using the Charity Commission Service if you're in England or Wales, the Scottish Charity Regulator if you're in Scotland, or the Charity Commission for Northern Ireland if that's where you are. And if you do want to buy physical gifts for the people in your life this year, and many of us do, please do look to your local small businesses first, or consider finding small businesses you can support online. Shop local, shop small, help as many businesses as possible stay alive. We've linked to a bunch with our gift list this year. And if you have a little bit left over, support fact-based journalism, both national and local. Journalism is time-intensive. It is best delivered free to all of us, and the ad-based model that supported it for a long time just doesn't translate to the modern world. So it needs those of us who can pay to be willing to support it for the good of everyone. As always, thank you so much for listening to us here at Science for the People. For those of you who have supported us and continue to support us so we can keep making this show, we love every one of you. A small number of our listeners has graciously allowed this show to continue to exist free of charge and allowed our team to focus our time on creating the show rather than trying to find and keep sponsors. Thank you so much for listening and keeping us independent. And we'll see you next time on Science for the People. Science for the People is listener supported. You can find us on Patreon, where you can support us with monthly donations in any amount. Your support keeps us afloat and able to keep making great new episodes, and we thank you for it. The show is produced by Rochelle Saunders and edited by Ryan Bromsgrove. We get help with special projects from K.O. Myers. Our theme song was written and recorded by Fractal Pattern, and its title is Binary Consequence. The show is hosted by Bethany Brookshire, Anika Hazra, Marion Kilgower, and me, Rochelle Saunders. 